Jesus taught us to look forward to his coming and the establishment of his righteous kingdom on earth. At the same time, we should warn unbelievers of the judgment that will accompany his return. Our mission is to urge unbelievers to become believers and to trust Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Wisdom Journey. Stephen Davey continues teaching through the Bible with this lesson he's called the timing of the coming kingdom. In 1879, George DeLong and the crew of the USS Jeannette sailed into the Arctic Ocean, and they were, they were searching for an open polar sea. They believed uh, it was surrounded by a ring of ice. They thought that if they could make it through that ice barrier, they would find smooth sailing there at the North Pole. Well, of course, they never found that open sea. It, it doesn't exist. But it was a popular theory at the time, and DeLong assumed it was true. When his ship became trapped in the ice, the crew abandoned the vessel and set off across that frozen tundra. Some made it to Siberia and survived. Others, including George DeLong, did not. Let me tell you, historical events like these have a way of reminding us that following the wrong assumptions can be dangerous and even even deadly. The Pharisees and uh, the religious leaders in Israel had made the wrong assumptions about Jesus. They were convinced that he was not the Messiah, he was not the Son of God, he was just an, an unlettered carpenter. They also assumed that they were guaranteed a place in God's kingdom since they were related by blood to Abraham. Well, these assumptions were not only dangerous, they were deadly wrong. Well, as we go back to the gospel accounts, here they come again. They're going to try to trap Jesus with some difficult questions again. Uh, Luke's gospel tells us what happens next. We're in chapter 17, and they ask Jesus here in verse 20, when the kingdom of God would come. Now, in one sense, this is a great question since Jesus has been preaching that the kingdom of God is at hand. But the rejection of Jesus leads us to interpret their question this way. If you are really the king, isn't it about time we saw your kingdom? At least, you know, show us another kingdom miracle. (laughs) But Jesus' answer is the kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed. Uh, Verse 21 adds, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. Now, they think they have a reservation for the front row of the kingdom. Jesus tells them they're not even going to see the kingdom at all if they continue to reject the king who's standing right in the middle of them. They They don't need a miracle. They need to accept him as their Messiah. Now, remember, the kingdom Jesus has been announcing is his kingdom rule on earth for a thousand years. This is the kingdom he offered to Israel. But the nation as a whole has rejected him, and as a result, that kingdom now is delayed. It's going to arrive at Christ's second coming, following seven years of tribulation, 
on the earth. And with that, now Jesus turns to his disciples. They've been listening in, and they no doubt have some questions of their own about this. So Jesus gives them here some some private tutoring on the subject of his coming kingdom. First, he explains the timing of his kingdom's arrival, verse 22. The days are coming when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. And they will say to you, look there, or look here. Do not go out or follow them. Jesus is predicting here that they're going to long for his return and the establishment of his earthly kingdom, but they're not going to see it, at least not yet. In the meantime, Jesus warns them not to be deceived by those who insist that, well, the kingdom's here, look over there, or look here. Jesus says that his coming will be obvious and undeniable. He says here in verse 24, As the lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one side to the other, so will the Son of Man be in his day. Now, this is a reference to his glorious second coming. Uh, Here in his first coming, there hadn't been lightning, you know, at his birth. There have been some angels, but not what he describes here. Uh, For now, there's a cross to suffer. In fact, Jesus predicts here in verse 25, he, that is the Messiah, must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. So keep in mind that Israel's rejection of Jesus doesn't throw everything out the window. God knew this. This is part of the plan. So with regard to the question of when the kingdom will come, Jesus says it is now a ways off in the distance. First comes his own suffering and a time when the disciples will desire to see his coming but will not see it. Now, the precise time of Jesus' second coming and the establishment of his kingdom on earth is not disclosed to them or us. We don't have a year here. We don't have the date of a month. However, when it arrives, it's going to arrive like a thunderstorm, and nobody is going to miss it. Well, now the Lord goes on to describe the conditions on earth when he returns the second time. Verse 26 Just as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating and drinking and marrying and being given in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, just as it was in the days of Lot, they were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But on the day when Lot went out from Sodom, Fire and sulfur rained from heaven and destroyed them all. Now, you can't help but notice that in both cases, the days of Noah and the days of Lot, well, people are going about their daily routines. They're eating, drinking, marrying, building, buying, selling, and they're ignoring the preaching and the warning of coming judgment until judgment suddenly comes upon them. And with that, Jesus says here in verse 30, so will it be on the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Now, what Jesus is saying here is going to be very encouraging, specifically for those who come to faith in Christ during the end times tribulation period, those difficult and dangerous days while the Antichrist is ruling, uh, the Lord is telling them to be prepared and ready for the arrival of King Jesus. He's going to return to establish his thousand-year kingdom on earth. 
They're to look for that. Jesus then says here in verse 31, On that day, let the one who was on the housetop with his goods in the house not come down to take them away, and likewise let the one who was in the field not turn back. In other words, when the Lord returns, some people are going to be prepared for his coming, and others will not be. Now, here he pictures those who are so attached to the things of this world, their possessions, the furniture in their homes, uh, he illustrates, that, that they ignore the Lord. They ignore all of his warnings. They're unsaved. They're still putting earthly concerns above eternal spiritual concerns. And Jesus says here in verse 32, remember Lot's wife. Well, what about Lot's wife? Well, she was so tied to her home, to her life, to everything that Sodom held for her, well, she just couldn't leave it. She's the perfect example of the warning Jesus now delivers here in verse 33. Whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life will keep it. Jesus, by the way, used the same wording back in chapter 9 and verse 24, where he connected this concept with taking up one's cross and following him. So he's saying uh, essentially this, don't wait until it's too late. Choose to follow me now. And if you're concerned only, you know, with your house and your stuff and your life and your career and whatever you can get out of it, then you're, you're really not following me. Now, Jesus concludes his teaching on the coming kingdom by emphasizing that it's going to be a time of judgment. Some will be taken and some will be left, he says in verses 34 and 35. Now, he's not describing the rapture. Uh, by the way. Remember, Jesus is talking here about his return after the tribulation to establish his kingdom. The ones taken are those taken away to judgment, and the ones left are believers who are now left and able to enter into his earthly kingdom. Now, the disciples want to know where these people are taken away to, uh, in, in judgment. And they say here in verse 37, you know, where, Lord? That is, you know, where'd they go? Jesus answers, where the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. See, this is a metaphor describing the place of terrible judgment. Now, the Pharisees assumed that there was a place waiting for them in God's kingdom, yet they're unwilling to follow the king who is in their midst. And the lesson is really, to this day, true for everyone. Don't assume you have a position or place in the kingdom if you reject the king, King Jesus. So what have you done with Jesus? Reject him, and judgment is coming. So you need to believe in him as your savior and follow him today. Well, now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That was Stephen Davey and a lesson called The Timing of the Coming Kingdom. Do you find the Bible intimidating? 
Maybe you've read parts of it but struggled to understand what it means. Maybe you've never even attempted to read it because, well, it's just too confusing. If so, you're not alone. But it is possible to understand the Bible. And Stephen Davey has a free guide to help you. This quick and easy guide to understanding the Bible will give you answers to the biggest questions people have about the Bible. And it'll give you a framework for reading it with confidence. Download it to discover what the Bible is about, how it's organized, the grand story and major plot points. Whether you've been a Christian for years or are just starting your journey with the Bible, this guide will help you. Go to wisdomonline.org forward slash guide. Take advantage of this free offer and then join us next time on The Wisdom Journey.